This episode of the AFTN Soccer Show contains explicit language and mature subject matter. If you are easily offended, please don't listen. It's probably also not very suitable for work, or you can listen at work but put your headphones in. But it does contain swearing. So you have been warned, we've marked it explicit, don't go complaining later. So with all that in mind... Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Again, you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful, British Columbia. If you're listening to this show in the podcast, this is episode 231. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. I'm Joe Deasy. And I'm Anna Namsharan. And we're not sadly joined by Zach Meisenheimer this week. He's a little bit under the weather, so we're sending our good wishes and regards, hopeful for a speedy recovery from Zach, and he will be back on the show soon. So he's stuck with the four of us for the next couple of hours. We're going to talk about lots of Whitecap stuff, MLS, uh, play some games, and who knows what else we're going to do. I like to have a theme for the week. Often we have our theme, it's because someone's died. So I thought a Charles Manson theme, but then I was talked out of that. That was probably not the best idea. No, it's not. Um, but then you you decided you were going to go all Wu-Tang on us. Well, we're not complaining music because I know how much you hate, you hate rap music. I um, love rap music. Oh, well, then, I love old Dirty Bastard. I didn't realize that. Then we could have played some. But that's okay. Uh, we're, but we're going to play because it's American Thanksgiving. We're not going to celebrate American Thanksgiving. We're, we're going to celebrate it Wu-Tang-sgiving. So anybody who we talk about, we're going to try to give them a Wu-Tang name because there's a Wu-Tang name generator online. So for myself... My Wu-Tang name is Master Contender. Ah, mine's Ez Old Dirty Bastard. No, yours is Expert Wizard. Oh, I prefer that. Yeah. How are these names generated? They're just generated. Okay. I don't know how. Joe, your uh, Wu-Tang name would be Gentleman Bandit. That's strangely apt for someone like me. Um, I, how do you spell your last name, Anna? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> You're going to make me do this. N-A-M-S-H-I-R-I-N. See, this is happening live, just to prove it to you. Okay. <laughs> you might not like it, but it's uh, uh, this is truthful. Expert bastard. Oh. 
Oh, okay, that's pretty good. So you guys are expert wizard, expert bastard. That's not bad. I'd rather be a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bandit. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. You, you bring some guests on. You, I, you call was, them a it, bastard right off online. the bat. It's Wu-Tang's call, giving them the name. Al- already this episode is marked explicit on, on iTunes, oh, which bastard. is just as... Well... This song that we're going to be playing on Wavelength has oh, lots okay. of swearing in it earlier. Well so, yeah, yeah. so, hey, it's a free-for-all now. This this swearing is... is Swear anytime you want. Just in case there was any doubt, the Wavelength made sure that we were explicit this yes. week. Yes. Yeah. Goldie-looking chain are back. Always like to have that when Anna's on the show. Yeah. She lo- Talking of rap music, Wales' premier rappers, ties in with the Wu-Tang Clan theme as well. So, we'll start with some bad news. I'm not going to Hawaii. Oh. I was so excited last week. Priced it out. All in, accommodation, food, trips, $5,500 it was going to cost to go and see two preseason games. Don't think it's worth it. Does this mean that the Whitecaps did not get in touch with you very quickly to offer you a flight as as per some journalist for the Portland game? Yeah, still could. I mean, we'll have to see what players get released tomorrow or they free up some budget. Yeah. I'm going to have to prove my name is worthy here, and I'm going to say bad news for you, good news for everybody else who doesn't have to see you on the beach. Good news for everyone who has photo capabilities on Twitter. Well, we can still have our bikini shoot. (laughs) I thought that was why we were here tonight. I have got it on under my Mogwai shirt. (laughs) It's Caitlin's. It's a little bit snug on me. Oh, sure. Oh, I was assuming it would be. Yeah. She'll like that. That's a compliment. Yeah. So you won't get to see the Japanese J1 team or the Japanese 6th Division team. I was looking forward to the 6th Division team because I like my VMSL and I mm. thought it was going to be on a level par. The stadium is a 25-minute drive from downtown or over an hour on the bus. That was another thing that made me think, I can't be bothered going to this. That's some TransLink stats right there. Yeah. Mm. I, I spent a whole week researching Hawaii, then not to go. Then spent another God knows how many days looking at TVs on Black Friday. It's not been a productive week, so I haven't written very much, but we do have some Whitecaps stuff we're going to talk about. I guess we should kick off with the, the big Whitecaps news of the week. Oh, Whitecaps related. Jordi Reyna, in a little bit of trouble in Peru. We're not going to say too much about it because I'm relying on translating articles on Google Translate yeah. from Peruvian media. Peruvian media seems... Very much like UK media, tabloid-wise, everything is sensationalised. And they're going to go for the worst case scenario in order to sell the story. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. And you can see the way that the paparazzi seemed to surround Reyna as he was getting into his car and things yeah. like that. Very tabloidy kind of approach yeah. to it, it seems. And if you've been living under a rock and you don't know, it stems from the death of a 16-year-old volleyball player, Alessandro Chicano. What happened in the incident is still really unknown. There's a lot of different things coming out. Her dad this week said that she was raped. Yeah. There's been reports that she fell, hit her head. All we know is a young girl died. She was in an apartment with a number of people. Jordi Reyna was one of those people. He is not implicated, which one of the initial tweets, which I tweeted out about 12.30 in the morning one day, was... It said, oh, Jordi Reyna is implicated in this murder. He's not. Yeah, he not, not just, at this point. Not at this point. No. Mm-hmm. The worrying thing, though, is the publicity that is brought to him. He is being interviewed by homicide detectives again on Monday. He was interviewed for... Three hours, I think I it think was? it was seven hours. Was it seven? Last week. Yeah. Now, something that surprised me with all this is 
Jordy's then gone on TV and done an interview. Him and his lawyer have spoken very openly in the press. That's very unusual for what could be a murder case, I feel. Yeah, obviously we we try not to comment too much on, on the details, but and we want the right thing to be done as for the police and all that. And, you know, this could be a long, drawn-out process. It's kind of early to be thinking if it has implications on his on his playing for the Whitecaps. You know, if he is a serious... Uh, someone they're seriously looking at, he might not be allowed to leave the country, things like that. But that's all That's all very far in the future, hopefully. Hopefully these interviews are just, you know, protocol. They're following the protocol, make sure they get all the details because he is someone who lives abroad, after all. And they want to make, they want to get their story, get, make sure all the stories are in line. But yeah, very serious concerns for, for Whitecaps fans. Yeah, I think the smartest thing for most of us to do is just to not form any opinions or anything before we get more information because right now it just doesn't seem like there's much that we can think about any of the situation and and like you said this is obviously uh, a different world a, a, you know a different country yeah um they they do everything usually differently their law is different their police work the way they do that is different anything is possible at this point there's no way to know uh, well, what's going to happen l- let's just point out that he has stated complete innocence in this no for sure um there's been mixed reports one was that he drove them back to the apartment one was that he, he drove them to the hospital he said he drove to the, the hospital to but the hospital. not to the clinic yeah. but as anna rightly says no one knows the facts. No. Wait till they come out. The Southsiders forums got a whole thread just like ripping into him. Like, why is he hanging out with 16-year-old girls? Um, why is a 16-year-old girl in a club? Yeah. Th- th- there's that aspect as well. It's like, it happens. I mean, it happens yeah. in Scotland all the time. I know, yeah. But it th- happens th- here. I was in the clubs at 15. Of course, my beard was... They never, nobody I'd need me because my beard came out by 15. So <laughs> I was able to get in wherever I wanted to. But, I mean, there's all of these things. Hopefully, it's good. He pleads his innocence... I hadn't even thought of what Joe mentioned there. Like, who knows if there's implications about him leaving the country and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see what happens with that. All our thoughts are with the Chicano family as well yeah. at, at this time because it's a terrible thing that, to lose anyone, especially when it's a child. Gone far too soon, really. Yeah. Someone else that may be going, Kendall Waston. Twitter was a buzz that he could be moving on. Yeah. All Ken- because he, he tweeted a, a photograph um, and he said something about looking forward to new adventures or new challenges. Yeah, and it was not with an agent. It was with uh, a music picture, producer, um, jazz musician, it was a saxo- saxophone Saxo- player yeah. slash music producer. Yeah, I and don't think it means anything. No, and it could be maybe they're opening up a restaurant, a jazz restaurant. Maybe they're maybe his wife is getting into music. His wife is into music. So there she you had go. a YouTube video that she put on Twitter. Uh, maybe six months ago or something. So like maybe that, it's it's about song. his wife, not about him. Absolutely, yeah, it's not so. about him. I think it's very clear what's going on here. Um, Gerard Piquet is widely regarded as one of the best defenders in the world. His wife is, of course, Shakira. Yeah. The Waston family are a power couple, and they're ah. going for that title. A few years, uh, Waston will be playing for Barcelona central defenders, and um, Priscilla Robles will yes. be uh, will be in front of stadiums of fans singing songs. That's clearly what's that, going that on. makes more sense than my theory, which was he wanted to record some tunes for Wavelength. Mm. Uh, still could happen. I still want to get Eric Cartano doing like one of his, his rap songs yeah. for, for Wavelength. Maybe they could play it instead of uh, White is the Colour before games. We, we actually have Eric Cartano on the show. Mm. So that's, that's coming up in part two. Now, Kendall Waston's Wu-Tang name, Profound Magician. Which oh, is, which he is. When he very runs down the so. flank, when he decides to go and attack, he is a profound magician. <laughs> and, like the rumors were stoked just because Paris Helkowski then tweeted out 
something along the lines of, oh, I'd heard rumours that he might be moving on. He always likes to jump on these things just in case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then if it proves true, he's like, oh, I knew that. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned Eric Mahardado. He is into rap. Wu-Tang name. Is he related to Anna? Arrogant bastard. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you see this? This generator doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> Basically, expert and bastard is going to be in everyone's name. It seems ben, like it. Well, ben, Bendis. One, one of the most famous people that got famous with using the Wu-Tang gen, name generator was Donald Glover from Community. And he, he he got Childish Gambino, which is his rap name, and he got it from the Wu-Tang generator. Did he actually get it from the... Yeah, oh, he did. Wow. That's a true story. So. Yeah. I always thought that was a really good like stage name, but I didn't yeah. know he got it from oh, there. Oh, he got it from there. Yeah. Well, other folk that are definitely leaving because they've already left... The exodus from WFC2 is well underway. They also may be going to Cincinnati. Well, not actually, not all of them, because Francis de Vries has joined Canterbury United in New Zealand. Oh, wow. That wasn't widely kind of reported. I kept meaning to retweet it. So de Vries has gone. Mark Village and Will Seymour have joined FC Cincinnati. Mark Village, the backup keeper. Yeah, third choice third keeper. Third choice, behind Sean Melvin. Yeah. But he was also a residency coach. He coached yeah. the, the kids' goalkeeping. Yeah. Will Seymour, who I, I liked Will Seymour for what he, his versatility, just he, his leadership roles, everything about that. He so, could play holding, he could play yeah. wing, he could play a I don't think he was ever MLS quality. No. Which, do you want to keep him around in that environment? But FC Cincinnati, perfect for them. Gets a versatile squad player with a lot of experience. And then the big one, Spencer Ritchie away now on a season-long loan. Which sounded, uh, actually, I thought he was gone. But yeah. it, then, it, then they reported afterwards. The initial press release I yeah. got from Cincinnati made it sound like it was a signing. Then yeah. they corrected it yeah. about half an hour later, I think, when everyone freaked out. Spencer Ritchie, otherwise known as Violent Artist. <laughs> oh. I think the exodus is a pretty, I think it's a good sign. Like, these players either are going to go to Fresno or they could go to you know a thriving soccer community in FC Cincinnati, um, and Alan Kosh has experience working with them, and uh, yeah, I think I honestly think it's a very good thing. I'm really glad that the Spencer Ritchie is only on loan um, because I really did like what I saw of him in the limited minutes he did get. But that probably means that the Whitecaps have to go sign a backup keeper now. Because, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, or Sean Melvin becomes a backup well, keeper. Well, Sean Melvin. Sean Melvin's going to be th- the third keeper, okay. and I think he will go on loan to Fresno. Okay, so they, they definitely need another two. The, but I, I think Richie could have challenged Marunovic. I think so too. But at the yes. same time, sitting on the bench all season long no, does him, nothing. Yeah. Now, Richie. Spencer Richie, obviously, we talked about before, FC and Cincinnati is looking for an expansion team as well. Now, if it all of a sudden gets announced before Christmas, maybe there's a deal in place when Cincinnati becomes that expansion team first. And if they like what they see in Spencer and Allen is still there, mm-hmm. maybe he's the guy that's the starter when they, they do become. Because by then he could be about 27, which is basically the prime. Yeah. And, of his goaltending. And that must must have been such a attractive proposition for those Whitecaps 2 players. Like, if FC Cincy are in this in serious discussion, one of the teams that are going to be one of those expansion teams, and if they if they break the roster, then they're, you know, they're there for that for that uh, inaugural season, possibly. It's all it's all up in the air, obviously. But uh, it must be such a great opportunity. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was some kind of uh, agreement for, yeah, for Richie or something. Like a sell-on deal or some kind of package. <laughs> a third-round draft pick. Well, maybe, no, because he could be the guy that they, if when the expansion draft comes, they'll say, mm-hmm. we're going to take him. Do we know the goalie situation in FC Cincinnati? Not really. Um, well, they well, have Mitch Hildebrand, who was fantastic in the US Open Cup run, but right now he hasn't signed a, a new deal, I believe. Okay. So there's possible... 
competition for places, first, yeah. first, first team shirt up for grabs. But Alan Koch, obviously, or otherwise known as Profound Swami, <laughs> um, uh, knows what knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So he knows these guys. He spent a couple, sometimes some of these guys a couple years. Some he brought them actually in a lot of these guys. So mm-hmm. he knows what he's got. So he he obviously has an idea what he wants. He trusts them. They trust him. Yeah, it's such a valuable thing. You know, we we often look over the personality part of coaching, right? And that must be so huge. Alan Koch, very briefly, I was wondering if his position was safe or not with the rumors rumbling. Yeah, there was a lot of people talking on Twitter about that. I was really surprised because they love him there. And I think a lot of people close to the club are very quick to come out and say, hang on, things are great here. Don't don't go kind of yeah. upsetting the apple cart too I fast. I do hope it was completely baseless. But when mm-hmm. something's brought up, I'm kind of like, is there anything there? I don't know. It's like every time Big Sam goes on the TV and he talks about a club, then the next day he's in the papers wanting the job. So Monday sees all the options exercised for all the MLS clubs. We, we've speculated a, a lot on it, so we don't know what's going to happen, but we'll, we'll talk a lot more about that next week when, once we know. It's been very quiet. Folk have said, have you heard any murmurs or anything? And there's, there's been nothing at all. Is so, Carl Robinson still in Mexico? I don't know. But he, I mean, he might want to come back to watch the MLS finals. Obviously, he's got days before he needs to do that. What a long gap between... I mean, it was a long gap between the semis and the first leg. And then you're looking and it's like Wednesday and Thursday, the mm-hmm. second legs. It's ridiculous. It's been more than three weeks since Jovinko and Altidore have played a game. Cause well, they that's suspended good. Hopefully, that. they're really rusty. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping it's going to be really snowy like the Grey Cup today. Because mm. that was fantastic. That in was Ottawa. in Ottawa, though. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's all the same. It's very close. Very I think, close, think yeah. you'd walk it. Morocco. Yeah, it's like Thunder Bay. Just yeah. a five-hour drive. Yeah. It's fine. Anyway, the MLS finals. First legs, very disappointing. Seattle won. Toronto didn't get beat. But at least Columbus are still in with a shout. They they played your your perfect Robo Draw now now in the first leg at home. Yeah. Go and get the business done on the road. Yeah, I, well, I, I thought they attacked a little bit more than what <laughs> Robo would like. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, I did. I was disappointed by the result. I thought they could get a goal out there uh, off them, but uh, TFC was just sitting back. Yeah. They weren't really looking for anything at all. They're so solid. It's it pains me every time I I realize that or I say that. But you know they're missing their two best players. But that core is just so good. Um, yeah, kind of, yeah I, I would say it's a chance missed for Columbus, but in one game, we saw how rattled they got against the Red Bulls. They, like, in that second game, they were within a goal of going out. Yeah. You know, they, mentally, that's probably one thing they could come under scrutiny with. So, I, I still think there's something there. I My gut's telling me that, that Toronto will go through, though. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Um, as much as I want it to be Columbus, I just, uh, I don't know if they can get it done at BMO. Um even though I'm rooting for them because anybody but Toronto. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a rematch. And maybe yeah. this time this year I'll watch it because last year I completely forgot the game was on <laughs> and I missed it completely. I had to watch the highlights. I knew it was on. I just had no interest in oh. watching it. If it's those two again, I will not be watching it. You'll be cheering for the earthquake in the middle of the pitch. <laughs> I, I don't think San Jose is allowed to come in oh. and play, but I mean, maybe they can. Wondolowski will find a way. I, I think it will be the same two teams, but yeah. I just hope Kakuta can somehow magic it yeah. up. I mean, even if Toronto take the early lead, Columbus are yeah. still right in it. Houston, yeah, Houston are done. Yeah, Seattle, Seattle's, and and to me, that just makes the Whitecaps thing even more angry and bitter about it. Yeah, I felt we had a great chance of getting to the MLS Cup in 2015. This year, even more so, we should be in this MLS Cup. 
this could be the easiest road to a final that any team has ever had. Like, the Whitecaps didn't attack in the first leg. That was Seattle's first test in the postseason. Second leg, they didn't have enough to to make anything happen. Was it one shot on goal over two two games? I think that was the stat that got Michael all angry. Um, and and now Houston, who are kind of you know just happy to be there, kind of a kind of a club. So yeah, it's such a it seems so easy for them. Will Bruin scored for God's sake. Will Bruin is surprisingly pretty good for Seattle. He's my secret MLS man, man crush, Will Bruin. <laughs> okay. I, I've always really liked him. Mine too, as, as long-time listeners of the show know. It's like, I want us to sign him. I think we could sign him. Yeah, yeah. I wanted them to pick him in 2011 instead uh, of Salgado. Yes. That's going way back. That's going way back, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that, that's pretty much all the news of the week. Just before we, we wrap up this segment of the show, I think it was the last time I had Anna on. I don't know if she's been on since we did this, but Banana was on. We played Countdown. So many folk enjoyed it. Well, I say so many folk. Carl Valentine said he listened to it and wanted to know what we were playing. <laughs> and he played along. So I, I was I enjoyed that. So get your pens and papers out. We'll, we'll, ju- we'll just wait till you do it. Okay. So yes, now it's time to play Countdown. Welcome back, everyone. It's time to play Countdown. Now, if you haven't listened to, to the show or have any idea of what we're about to do, Joe being one of them, um, what we do is we pick nine letters. It's a mixture of vowels and consonants. You can have a maximum of seven consonants, a maximum of four vowels, any combination at all. Then you've got 30 seconds to make the longest word you can out of those letters. Now, all the words have to be football-related, but as long as you can justify what it is, for example, if you get the word green, you can say the pitch is green. Now, we're going to change it a little bit differently. You, you can have first names or last names of footballers as well. Can't do first names. Yeah. Unless it's a, like a, an actual, like a... No, like Tom. Not, can't do Tom. What about well, Chinese no, Super League players? No, yeah, like that. Like Zhu. No, no, but I'm saying like if, you, if it's like a Pele. Then that's fine, but you can't do it just an ordinary Tom. I was trying to make it easier for these guys because I whipped everyone's ass the last time. I'd rather yes, lose please, than easy, have please. it easy. No. And just just to point out to Anna, you Tom are only allowed to use each letter once. Oh, I did not know that. Yes. Okay. So Tom. you can't have two E's and spell froze when there's not two two E's there. Yeah. Not froze. not that I'm going to make her ever forget that. How do you spell you. Beckenbauer, just so I know, for this for the segment? If you can spell Beckenbauer from the nine letters, you're doing fantastic. I think it's more than nine letters. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that's ten. That, that was the thing. Oh, okay. Okay, so, let's... Who, who wants to kick off? Who wants to pick the letters first? We're going to play this in three or four rounds. So who, want, who wants to kick things off? I'll take a vowel. Okay. E. And you can say if you want, like, three consonants. You don't have to go okay. one by one, so... We go two vowels after that. <laughs> I seem to have this mixed up. I've got the number nine. No, so let me. <laughs> not going to work. The rest are numbers, it seems like. No, these are all vowels. Okay, okay, so here we go. I. I. Oh, God. And how many. Go, go for some consonants. Yeah, two more consonants. N. C. 
think we need more consonants. Uh, two more. R. So you're getting the good ones now. And another R. So two more letters to pick. Steve, any any preference? No, no, go ahead. Anything you want. Uh, one of each, so. Okay, the consonant is a T. And your last vowel is a U. So just to go over these for everyone at home. U, E, I, I, N, C, R, R, T. Your 30 seconds start now. Okay, that's the 30 seconds up. Joe, how many did you get? Four. Anna? Five. Steve? Three letters. Oh, okay. I I, I was debating whether to risk a seven, but I might stick with a safe six. Uh, yeah, I'll stick with my safe six. So, uh, who had the three? I did. Okay, what was that? Run. Run. That's good. Joe? Nice. So, the club Nice in, uh, in oh, France. Yeah. I saw Nice. Oh, my God. That yeah. should have been a good one. Uh, so mine's a bit of a stretch, but I'm going to go with it. Nicer, like it would be nicer if we were still in the MLS playoffs. <laughs> no, that's excellent. Five points for you. I went for cretin because all MLS referees are cretins. Lovely. Um, I also had one for Seattle fans, cuntier. <laughs> <laughs> There's no cuntier fan in MLS than Seattle fans. But I didn't risk that because I wasn't sure if that was in the dictionary. So we'll, ju- we'll just stick with cretin. <laughs> Or Clint Dempsey is one of the most, one of the more... Yeah. <laughs> well, um, it, we'll, we'll go for that. It's explicit, as we said, so yeah. we'll see. Anyway, so I'm in the lead. Uh, sorry about that. But we'll be back with more chat after this. The final countdown, but don't worry, countdown fans, that will not be the final countdown. We have more rounds to come, and I'm sure everyone can't wait. I I love playing this game. I'm sure everyone will as well. Listen as well for our Christmas special, where we're going to do a Christmas version of it. Steve can't wait. Yeah, and but the, it is uh, essentially the final countdown for a team up north, FC Edmonton. Uh, up north, really? Up north. Are they up north? They are in northern Alberta, but northern from us. Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, that that tenuous link brings us nicely to speak to about FC Edmonton. Sadly, the Eddies are no more. The rally rabbit has been taken around the back of the barn and been shot dead. Rabbit stew for everyone in the Edmonton supporters' family. Delicious. Run, rabbit, run. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah, FC Edmonton are no more. Uh, a couple of good articles we recommend that you read. Ben Massey did a piece, Stephen Sandor did as yeah. well. Um, there was no real surprises for me that they were getting wound up because a lot of the talk had been about that with the uncertainty of NESL. 
But an interesting thing that Fath said, Tom Fath being one of the owners, was even if NESL was guaranteed for next year, there wasn't going to be a guarantee that Edmonton would have played anyway. Just financially viable, the team is not. Yeah, and especially in the NASL that is right now going on, which doesn't seem like it's going to happen next year, especially with the reports last week that they... Uh, never say never. Well, they didn't accept the, the deal unless they go on their own and don't worry about being, you know, being, like, authorized by USSF or whatever, sanctioned, I should say. Um, Tom Fath, obviously, uh, otherwise known as uh, Midnight Wizard, in the Wu-Tang, um, <laughs> he's, he's not going to... He's he, he's not gonna take a chance and and he, he, they, there's no rivalry up up there with anybody and and it's gonna be better off for them when they eventually they're gonna join the CPL whether it's Tom Fath or somebody else that that brings up the club and that that club is gonna be better off because they're gonna be closer to other teams. But there is not a guarantee. No, there's never a guarantee. That in they're anything. gonna join the, the CPL. Tom Fath has been at all the meetings. He's a big supporter of the CPL yeah. he says it's the way forward for Canadian soccer that's why they're keeping the FC Edmonton Academy going Yeah, mm-hmm. but he has said there's not a guarantee that no. FC Edmonton under his ownership is going to be the team that's in the CPL that's fine there'll probably be an Edmonton team at yeah some that's point, what I'm saying there will be an Edmonton team of some kind Fath said he needs more assurances that it's financially viable and he, that's the right way to, for him to well, play it it's the right way for everyone to look at it as yeah. well because no, I, I mean, I we're, we're big proponents of the, the CPL. We want it to work. We want it to, to succeed. I just don't think there's enough big businessmen or corporate support in Canada. And that was something that he highlighted, that there just was not the corporate support in Canada for the Eddies. And he doesn't know that the corporate support is going to be there across the country for a CPL. No, well, no, I, I, to this day, I say that there isn't to where, like the way it's being talked about the you know the levels they want to get to but there is to the point where you know where they should be in the starting point like you don't want to start off so high and want to compete with mls and everything like that you want to start at a certain level yeah the corporate support is a very interesting point um like there is no corporate support for teams outside the mls i i would think like everything would be more would be more local uh, the mls the MLS isn't even probably the most watched soccer league in Canada because no, everyone sure. watches European soccer. Yeah. So imagine trying to compete as like a third or a fourth. Like the NASL has a has a brand attached to it, right? Like everyone, anyone who knows a bit of soccer knows that Pele played in the old NASL. That's kind of a, you know, there's some weight behind that name. And if that's not working, well, but they do, again, then again, they do have to work with the, the USSF who has a vested interest in keeping the MLS the top dog, right? So there's, there's like, I, I completely understand where where fath is coming from um we we are big fans of the canadian the canadian premier league but you know financially there there are people who are putting their finances on the line for for this project and they want assurances that they're not just throwing it all away it's completely understandable and the silence as well around i mean everyone's wanting information but they're playing their cars closely to the chest which i understand because you don't want to build up false hope give out false information but the the longer it goes on, the naysayers are going to say, oh, it's not going to work. And we got a tweet from Greg Petrie at Ardham World who said, FC Edmonton should be an alarm bell for anyone blindly convinced that the Canadian PL will work. Edmonton had a solid ownership, but it still didn't work out for them. And it's all about like travel costs and other costs. Now, the Eddies could not sell out their stadium, so they couldn't sell 4,000 tickets. 
But yet you're looking, Edmonton's one of the four Canadian cities shortlisted for being a World Cup city. Yeah. So they're wanting the world to come to Edmonton in 2026, but they won't buy cheap football tickets to, to support the, the, the local team there. Now, I know it's apples and oranges, national team and club, but I mean, what, what does this do for support culture in the city? They don't even have a team to support anymore. Yeah, if, and if there's only the academy left and like there's no professional soccer in the region, you know, like like the, the dilemma that Columbus fans are going to have, do they... I actually saw some people talking about Columbus starting a AFC like association thing. I would be a big fan of that kind of movement, but you know, if if you if there isn't enough support to keep a team when everyone wants there to be a team, there won't be enough support for a secondary team that comes up, right? Um, about the Edmonton having the market, I remember for the Women's World Cup, they were they were packed for for those kind of games. Obviously, it's different, like Michael was saying, national level and things like that. Um, I just I don't know. It's some people on Twitter took it as a good sign. Oh, they're taking a year off to get ready for the Canadian Premier League. I I kind of think that's a little bit naive. You know, I think they would want to stay competitive for another year in an organization like the NASL. But uh, yeah, it's kind of mixed signals everywhere. Nobody knows enough about the Canadian Premier League. No one even no one's even sure when it's going to start. That kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's tough. I mean, twenty nineteen is still looking to 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 be the main day for or the, the year that the, the Canadian PL is going to start. I mentioned last week I'd read an article, I think it was one of Stephen Sanders' articles, that said 2020 could even be on the cards. You, you can't imagine a market like Edmonton not having a team. And when you look at some of the best players that's come through the Whitecaps Academy, they're Edmonton guys. Alphonse Davies, Edmonton. Gloria Amanda, Edmonton. So even Edmonton, earlier, Jackson Farmer. Yeah. Uh, guys who were near before too, yeah. There's so much talent in Edmonton, and there's so many good coaches there, and it's it's just criminal, really, that they're not going to have a, a team for the for the supporters to to follow. Even if they come back in 2019, you've got a whole year where you've lost this fan base, and it's going to be hard to like maintain. Like, yeah, people. it's disheartening. I mean, it, I was, it was tough enough for them to get the fans, and then they didn't play in a stadium that they owned either. This, yeah. this was in Stephen Sanders' article. They didn't play in their own stadium. So they were relying on whenever they could get times to play. So they were getting Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoons, yeah. which in the heat of summer in Alberta is not great. No, they wanted Friday nights, but it was all TV stuff as well. They were prepared to not have the TV coverage and play Friday nights, but they still couldn't get that. Yeah, and Stephen Sandor mentioned he'd been at training a number of times, and it had got to like when the Eddies were meant to be off the training pitch, and they were told, "No, you need to get off." Even when there was no one else booked to come on after them, they weren't allowed to, to to go on for longer. So if the city seriously wants to be a World Cup city, and if the city wants to support soccer, the the people there, the businesses there, the corporate money there has to do more to support Edmonton football. And just thinking, bring it back to more Whitecaps related thing. Like one of my fondest memories of the Whitecaps was that series against Edmonton in the in the like, Amway Canadian Championship. Yeah. Um, where they were down. No, not, not the game that got called off. No, the this, not minute. the snow game. Uh, the 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 one where they were down two nil in the from the first game, and then they yeah. came back, scored two goals in like the first ten minutes, something like that. You know, they had such superstars like Tommy Abiobi 
one of the Amiobi brothers. <laughs> um, like a good team, like entertaining to watch and passionate fans. We see, I know Ben Massey on Twitter is like a big fan of them. And I see, I read his stuff all the time. Very passionate supporters. But I, it's a, like the Columbus thing again. The city need to to back the club to an extent exactly like we i remember my fondest memory was i think it was the first year edmonton was in that uh in in against vancouver myself ben massey and oh i'm, I'm blanking on the third name we we kind of turned on the white caps did a heel move and we joined the blue world order yes bwo yeah, someone with a chair as well yeah and then we basically started <laughs> harassing all the white cap supporters and um, um, way like, to keep our listenership. No, it was just it was the first year. It was 2012 or whatever it was. So it was. I don't think we even had a show at that time, and I did it under my alias name. So, um, uh, so uh, it was. It was just fun to. It, it's been a fun time. I think. I like. I said. I think they're gonna. There, there will be a team in Edmonton, whether it's whatever level it's on, whether it's FC Edmonton, whether it's Edmonton Drillers, like somebody, uh, some whoever was running the CPL account today. Uh, the, the, the news, they tweeted that out earlier today, that would you like to see an Edmonton Drillers? I came across CPL? an Edmonton Drillers t-shirt over the weekend when I was looking at like, Cyber Monday, Black Friday t-shirt all signs, are, all signs are pointing there. Mm-hmm. Why not Edmonton Oilers? There's no other team with that name, is there? No. no. Can't, can't think of any. There's only one sport and there's no, mm-hmm. no Edmonton Oilers in this. Well, it's a sad day for everyone connected with Edmonton. I know when I'm sad, I like to eat. Come for eating. Nothing better to comfort eat than some chocolate biscuits. Eric Hurtado, I'm sure he would agree. Arrogant bastard. Mm. No, not no, he's not. <laughs> his Wu-Tang name If is. anyone didn't hear part one, that is his Wu-Tang Clan Wu-Tang name. Wu-Tang Clan yeah, just name is Arrogant Bastard. Let's stress that. Yeah. Anyway. Why wouldn't you listen to part one? Maybe, maybe better. <laughs> Anna just tweeted out. She doesn't want anyone to listen to it. <laughs> anyway, I, I asked Eric Hurtado, does he fancy a chocolate digestive? You sit at home at night, you decide to have a, a hot beverage. Do you decide to have a tea or a coffee? Hot chocolate. Oh. And are you like a biscuit, a cookie person? Uh, yeah, I like chocolate chip cookies in my hot chocolate. So you, would you dunk that? Oh yeah, dunk it. Excellent. But I found if you if you bite the cookie and drink it, you get the same effect without dripping the hot chocolate on the Yeah, and if you don't counter. get the right cookie, it just falls into yeah, the hot oh chocolate. Yeah, oh my gosh, man, I hate that. <laughs> Thank you so much, yeah, Eric. Right, no That's problem. great. Yeah, Cheers, man. Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Even though it's unsuggestive. Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Eric Hurtado there. Not fancying a chocolate digestive, but a chocolate chip cookie for sure. And I don't know if anyone knows, the red card actually has a pizza named after Eric Hurtado. Oh. Is it good? It's one of those ones with pineapples, isn't it? I, I don't know. Sometimes sometimes it's better than others. <laughs> it's not from Hawaii. No. I've heard, though, if you order it, you can't finish it. <laughs> anyway, it's time, once again, to play Countdown. And we're going to have Anna's choice of letters this time. So, what would you like? Uh, two vowels. A. O. Three consonants. N. D. And C. How many more? Four. 
And I get one more vowel. U. And let's go two more consonants. T and L. And you have one more letter. <laughs> uh, let's go for a consonant. And a D. So just go over the letters for everyone. C, N, T, D, L, D, A, O, U. So you've got 30 seconds from now. And that, that's your time up. So, Joe, how not many... Not enough time. Not enough time. How many did you get? Uh, seven. Ooh. Uh, Steve? If we were playing Star Wars theme, I would have got five, but otherwise I got four. Can you not turn the Star Wars thing into a football-related <laughs> one? Sure, I will. Okay. Anna? Six. Ooh. You know when you see a, a word and you just can't get your head off that <laughs> word? Yeah, that, w- that was me. I'm gonna, I have only got five because I honestly just... There was a word in my head and I just couldn't get away from that. So I'm, I'm the worst. I, w- I had count, apt for countdown. I can count the number of trophies in the Whitecaps cabinet this season. Zero. Mm-hmm. Steve. Um, okay, I'm going to try to really relate this to soccer. If I can't, then I'll just go with my other one. Uh, I got Lando. Donovan. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. His nickname was probably Lando. Was. Some people must have called him Lando. It was. Lando. Okay. Landy Cakes. Okay, there you go. I'll take it. Other names for him as well. <laughs> uh, Anna, you had six. Landon. Oh, now Steve must feel really oh, wow. <laughs> Why, there's only one end, though. Oh, oh. <laughs> she's done it again. <laughs> That's straight, so straight, red. straight red. Straight <laughs> red. That's oh. what I was thinking. I was going, how did you get so it? So it's another? not just two E's, it's no. two N's. She's, not, she's just not like good. So, no points for Anna. I'm like plodding you and going, sound Steve is an idiot. Oh, dear. Uh, and Joe, you, you're going to win this with your seven. Um, Eric Hurtado couldn't hit a barn door. Oh, oh that's an apostrophe. Do they, they don't count? No, that's oh, not a word. Could, it would be could not. Oh, right. Darn. Not right. <laughs> the Canadian version, you're not allowed apostrophe. No. Darn. So, no points for the top two. So, Steve and me get five points. Yay! Yay! Disco will have a lot to say about this, I think. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll review the video. We'll, we'll have a look at VAR and see what we can find out. And we'll do that during the breaks. And we'll be back with more after this. The wonderful music of Mogwai there. 
That's a 16 minute track I wanted to play the whole 16 minutes Steve has finally made me cut it off just now Well we only have a two hour show We didn't even get to, to the good bit Well you should have edited it down then And put the good bit in there. I, I maybe didn't, didn't plan this very very well yeah But that was Mogwai I went to see them last night at the Commodore They are a band The loudest band I've ever seen in my life I've seen them 20 odd times It takes um, them a while to get going though It, it does <laughs> they're, they're known for their quiet And then it just bursts into really loudness mm. They are super, super loud, and anyone that hasn't seen them before, you could tell last night, like the woman in front of me, that during the first song had her fingers in the ear, and that was pretty much her for the whole hour and 45 minutes. They are the only band that I thought my ears were bleeding when I went to see them once in Edinburgh. It was, like, super loud. You have to wear earplugs. Fantastic band. They have a lot of football-based songs, Mm. and I'd like them for Wavelength, but they're all like seven, eight-minute instrumentals, and I'm not sure. I mean, folk love our wavelength songs for their catchy. Is there a way tunes. to edit it down, possibly? No, but, a clip but I am going to play one of their Christmas songs in our Christmas special. Mm. It's twelve minutes, but we're going with it. Yeah, and we'll take a break. Yeah, we'll end the show with that. Maybe. Anyway, you're listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of British Columbia. It's now time. For our end of year review, and we're kicking things off with January and February. January, February, don't you come Barbara Dixon there, a Fife legend. She's Fay Fife. Not Fay Fife. Fay Fife is the lead singer of the Rosillos, who is called that because she is Fay Fife. Mm. But Barbara Dixon is also Fay Fife. Just start talking about Whitecap stuff now. <laughs> anyway, we're going to kick off our end of year review. In this part, we're going to look at pre-season, January and February. The music maybe gave that away. So we're just going to chat about some of the, the big stories that happened in those months and the impact that they had on the Whitecaps for, for the rest of the season. Let's kick things off. There was a, a new addition to the coaching department. Stuart Kerr joined the coaching team, replacing Marius Rovda, goalkeeper coach, and not a guy that a lot of people probably knew about. I did because he was Scottish and he was involved with, with Celtic and came very highly recommended. Came from Orlando, has spent a lot of time in MLS. And I think we have already seen the impact he's made in that Marius' man, David Oustead, is now out. Yeah. Stuart's man, Stefan Marinovic, is, is now very much in and the Whitecats' number one keeper. And uh, if you're looking at Wu-Tang ways, uh, Fearless Genius replaced the Misunderstood Prophet. Hmm. Interesting names. Um, yeah, Kerr coming in replacing a big personality. Um, like we were all very fond of uh, Rovd's Twitter, yeah. Twitter and you know trying to get the fans involved and all that kind of stuff. Not, yeah. sure, not sure MLS is as fond of no. Maris's Twitter as, as the rest of us. Though. Taking care of people on the plane. Oh yes, legend. Yeah, a fan favorite. I, I would go as far as. But to say. the only Whitecaps coach that did not get offered a well. He did get off a new deal, but the only White Cats coach that did not take a, a, a new deal. Mm-hmm. I, I think, like Michael was saying, the, uh, you know, Usted out, very much Rove's man. Um, but Kerr did bring competition to a position that we didn't have competition in. Yeah. I, that When when Marinovich was brought in, I spoke to Stuart about it. That was one of the things he said. He's like, what hasn't been here for the whole time really in MLS is decent competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jay Nolly, Joe Cannon, year one, but... Really, that should have been Karen's job, I think, from the start. Anyway, Nolly yeah. got it. But that Brad Knighton was never really no. top quality to, to be a challenger either. So, yeah, he, he brought in competition. 
And it's going to be interesting to see who he has his eye on to bring in now yeah. as this backup keeper. Yeah. I think it's probably going to be it's, a it's, guy with MLS experience. It's right? At be, least it's going to be a veteran keeper. It's, right? it's mm-hmm. got to be a domestic player. That's definite. It cannot be an international. They can't spend an international spot on, yeah, a, you on cannot, a backup. You can't have two. No. Well, we, we did this year, this but year, you can't yeah. really have two again. No. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think it was a good appointment. For I'm not sure. just saying that from my biased Scottish ways. No, I thought both of them are quality co- coaches. It seems like they they like remember Marius also helped them in scoring. If you think of it, because remember that one time they played RSL, and we asked him how do you beat Eric? Uh, oh no, what's it, Romando? Nick Romando, and he told us hit it to the post because he's not big enough, and that's what they did, and they won that game. That was I think it was Mesquita that scored that goal or. Or Sebastian Fernandez, one of the two. So uh, he knows how to. He knows all aspects of the game. So he was a good coach. And then Stuart Kerr, obviously, he's shown his worth here. I think you have to judge it from the moment Kerr came in to to the present, right? Um, is our goalkeeping situation better off? We had Usted, club legend, great goalkeeper, had a shaky few moments last last year. Like I remember him coming out off his line way too often and getting stranded in no man's land a couple of times. But we look at it now. We have a younger keeper on less money. I'm personally very excited about Morenovic. He seems to be a, like a you know just as big as of a personality as as Usted, but younger. All uh, keepers are have big personalities. But some like. of them are weirdos. Though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the other thing. Oh, um, well, you know, he might still prove to be a weirdo. He might be kind of letting us gain his trust. And yeah. his, uh, I'm I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt though. But the big thing is that second keeper. Uh, who's going to be that second goalkeeper? And will it be someone who can challenge Marinovic in return? Or are we going to go back to, you know, having having someone, Paolo Tornaghi, you know, sitting on the bench? I often told the people I had my season ticket with that he has the best job in football, sitting on the bench for David Usted, because he's going to get two games a season in the Canadian Premier, in the Canadian Championship, um, and then, you know, Sit sit there and clap the lads on for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. It didn't happen this year. Paolo Tornagi would have said that that was the best job ever. No, but it didn't happen for him this year though. Either. No, no. Especially after the San Jose game. Yeah, Yeah. that was that was quite. That maybe you know who knows that could have been a turning point moment for the management where they realized they needed another keeper. They needed another keeper. That that you know who knows it could have been when they started this whole changing the keeper project. Yeah, yeah. So other things that happened in January, of course, it's the MLS Super Draft. And we were all excited to get Jorge Gomez Sanchez. <laughs> Never showed up. I don't. I do you know. I searched for him last night to see where he was. Now, cannot find a trace of him after January. He's like disappeared without a trace. It's but they did get quite some. Bizarre. They definitely did get somebody. Yeah, he was with Osasuna though, so okay. it's like you have to think he was like a, yeah. a decent guy. But then he disappeared. They, they did get somebody. They got Nazim Bartman. Okay. I was going with somebody else. No, Steve Sogman. Francis DeVries? Yeah, Frank, Steve Sogman Francis No, a DeVries. little bit higher. Uh, higher up the picking chain. Jake Nowinski, me possibly. Was he a draft pick? <laughs> yes, he was. No. Surely not. He's not the way he played this year. No. Bayern Munich Academy, was it? No, definitely. The the mad mastermind had a great uh, season this year. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, he 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 uh, especially he he showed moments even before he took over the spot like uh, I think it was against New York um when uh, in the away game I and thought he played solidly in that one preseason as well yeah like a very good preseason they were already trying to do that thing that they did when he had the the starting spot where they would shift the midfield a little bit to the left so that Nerwinski had the full more, channel yeah. to run into and he would yeah. do those overlapping runs like I was saying uh, last week I didn't think he would be able to bring what from his college highlights, that that thing that he does, I didn't think that he would be able to bring that to the MLS. But slowly, you know, he's picking his chances 
great head on him like great yeah. footballing brain that, that's the thing that when when he was drafted people were talked about you know he can run forever yeah. and but the, there were questioning whether he had the iq to p- play uh in the attacking role mm. and and what he could do when he gets up there and also defensively too but he showed yeah. defensively as well that he he's pretty solid for a rookie absolutely the day he was drafted twitter was a buzz with he's not even the best right back yeah. in this there draft. was somebody else i can't somebody from louisville i can't remember his name it doesn't even yeah. matter what it doesn't matter now <laughs> doesn't matter because and he, he, had, and he doesn't have a wu-tang name either he doesn't what <laughs> you haven't even told us what narinsky's wu-tang name mad mastermind oh mad mastermind. <laughs> maybe we should say the real name first okay and the, the wu-tang name oh Right. Okay. I. I oh, you didn't catch that either. Either. Joe just, caught it. Yeah. Joe I know. I just right. thought you were calling him a mad mastermind. <laughs> I. Or that was your name for for Robo or whoever done the scouting. No, ah. Robo just to let you know is beloved warrior. Beloved warrior. Oh, wow. What, uh, Overlord. Sorry, beloved Overlord. I believe Bobby Linarduzzi is actually Bobo Linarduzzi. <laughs> <laughs> actually, what is Bobby Linarduzzi? Let's put oh. that in just now. Visual bandit. Oh, and what is Bobo Linarduzzi? <laughs> also visible at it. Huh. <laughs> Phantom Desperado. Oh, that's better. That's yeah, better. let's give him that. Yeah. <laughs> Bobo Linarduzzi, the Phantom Desperado, <laughs> coming to the airwaves next week. Straight to DVD near you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was a good super draft, I think, all round. De Vries I had high hopes for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. He's gone to Canterbury now, as we said in the first part, going back to his native New Zealand. Well, Caps still have his rights. Yeah. Boxel came back, so DeVries should definitely be able to come back. Yeah, I just... Robbo was high on him. Yeah. And when I spoke to Robbo earlier this year, he wanted to see DeWitt and DeVries battle it out. Yeah. So now they've both gone. Yeah. So they obviously didn't battle it out very well. But DeVries, I thought, did better than Sim DeVitt yeah. at the start of the season. But then they brought in Barbier. And I think he, he kind of looks a little. Then you see him compared to Devries, and you're like, mm. yeah. And he, but he's been in the academy system for a while now. Yeah, and he's been over England. in England. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, and so, he's domestic as well, other, other than being international. Yeah, and Nassim Bartman we mentioned there as well. He eventually signed for WFC two. A long journey to get here. The Caps didn't know if they were going to take him. Then there was visa issues. He got injured. He is a proven goal scorer, and I'd like to see him hang around and maybe get a chance in Fresno. I just I don't know that he will. Mm. Well, we play a one-striker system, and yeah. if, if we have a big, big-name striker, you have to start him more, more often than not. Montero had like one of the highest minutes for the Whitecaps because you know we paid all this money for him. We're going to use him, right? Yeah, it's going to be so hard. Like we saw with Kyle Greig, he didn't get a chance really. Yeah. yeah, but then he went to Cincinnati and and didn't do very well either. But a, yeah. a guy that did come in 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 January, Jordi Reyna, good old Jordi lad. Yeah, and what a difference maker. And when he got finally got in, yes, yeah. <laughs> we were all very excited about him. I remember. Yeah, I. I there was I initially thought we were like, oh, he's really small. Yeah, and his highlights video was extremely low definition, so I, th- I think that had a big, uh, big implication on how people thought of him. But you know, we we got the promise of a exciting attacking player, and we seemed to have we seemed to have have him on the books, and then. Yeah, but when we brought yeah. him in as well, there was a lot like no one knew where he was going to play. Yeah, it's like. Yeah. Was he the striker that we brought yeah, in because exactly. he had been playing kind of in a striker's role? I don't think too many of us really saw him as being a number 10. No, I thought he was a winger at first, yeah, like a, uh, inside forward on the right. Um, yeah, so I mean, th- that was a, a fantastic sign, and we'll come to his injury later on. Uh, we'll kind of go a little bit in chronological order, yeah. But then Reina came in, but he didn't make the trip to Wales because they had to sort all the visa out. 
But the White Caps headed off to Wales, you as, were as did I. You were there. It pissed down every <laughs> single day that I was there. Walking around Roman muddy ruins in the pouring rain was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But I, I got to, to spend time in the port. Didn't get to meet Goldie, Luke and Chain. Yeah. Did get to go and see Newport County, though. Okay. I was excited about that. Talking of pitches that are completely muddy, and their pitch is one of the worst in England. Oh, is it? English Football is League. Basically are they like League a... 2 or League 1? League 2. Okay. Um, they looked like they were done and dusted. Is it like, one of, those, yeah. relegated is it like one of those Caribbean kind of pitches yes. where it's all muddy and yeah. everything? Yeah. I never actually shared my photos from it. It's It really is the muddiest pitch I have ever seen football played okay. on. I was convinced the game was going to be off, and it was on, so I got to see that. that also got in, to go and see Merthyr Titful. That was in March, right? That was in February. February. They had three months of their season left, and their, and their pitch was almost unplayable. Yes, because they share it with the rugby league team. Oh, of course. Um, and then it rains on top of yeah, that. Yeah, and the rugby league team, it's their stadium, so yeah. they get the they get to have preference of, of stuff. But they're not allowed to put down an artificial pitch either, yeah. so yeah. they've done lots of stuff. But Newport was fun. I, I had a great time. What kind of attendances were they getting? A few thousand. Yeah, probably four or five. Yeah, two two to three, I think well, it was. But very passionate fans. Mm-hmm. It, like sounds, anyone, it sounds like four or five. Yeah. Newport was a it was a interesting place to go for pre-season. The Whitecaps pl- did their training in Newport, but they played their games where they were staying kind of the other side of Cardiff. And they played three games, Bristol City, Oxford United, and Cardiff City. They lost one, one, two. I... Like looking back in it, it was a nice little jaunt for me. I also got to go back to Scotland, see East Fife win a Scottish Cup game. So I had a great time, despite coming down with a, an illness that had me bedridden for a few days. Yeah. Bladder infection, bad. But. It's never good. It's never, never good. No. no. Talking about pissing down for for days. Yeah, but <laughs> but, but but the thing is, is the, you know you're in Wales. I think I've always wondered if it was a, a punishment for the season they had before. <laughs> Um, Who's going to Wales? Yeah, we're going to Wales now. This year, yeah, they feel like they have well, good season. Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, so is it that, or are they just switching from bad weather to good weather to keep the? But, I mean, it, they, they went there because they wanted to play competitive teams, yeah. and it was under twenty three teams. Yeah, so right? how competitive? Well, yeah. I guess. I mean, do, do you feel it was worthwhile? Did it make a big difference? Was there any difference doing that than going to Arizona? Well, well they, it they, did make a difference in the in the because they were trying to get ready for the Champions League. That's what they pitched it as, yeah. that we're going to Wales to play some more competitive matches than we usually would have played earlier as well yeah. than other teams so that we can get ready for those and it worked, uh, Red Bull games. New York, yeah. yeah. I yeah, think it I made think. sense because the games in Arizona are never super competitive no. anyway. Everyone's kind of coming back to it. It made sense. It mm-hmm. was uh, it was a good decision. And I know, I know they were under 23s, but they were players who were supposedly at full fitness because their season was underway for around six months. So, you know, you're playing against a fitter player rather than playing against another MLS team who's yeah. just off the beach. They did win one of the games 4-0. I think that was the game that I actually did play in Newport. And they were at the Welsh training facility. So Robo made a lot of good contacts there. Yeah. He got presented with an award for his thing to Wales. He was speaking with all the coaches. It's where the national team train. So you kind of wonder if he was sowing some seeds for the for the Wales national job. That would have been incredibly farsighted. He yeah. became very <laughs> Welsh. Like he like after that, he was wearing his his Welsh lanyard mm-hmm. and uh, going <laughs> a lot. Well, don't, doesn't that happen to you when you go to Scotland? I don't speak Welsh. No, no. I mean, you get, <laughs> you know, become I, more I Scottish. Did, I did become more Scottish. Yeah. I'm sure Joe yeah, becomes absolutely. more Irish. The moment I step off the plane, I, I swear I become 
really? just like my granddad or something like that. Not me. When I go to India, I'm still Canadian, and everybody stares at me like I'm Canadian. They have. I was thinking I, of I you this week. I was I, watching the Indian Detective on CBC. I, I don't blend in at all when I go there. Like I'm just. I think like, you blend in more than I would. Obviously, yes, but they still. When you're riding in that rickshaw. That poor rickshaw driver that's got to drag me around. Um, <laughs> you, you get stares from everybody. Once I made a video, I was just filming people watching me as I was riding along. It was pretty fun well, to watch afterwards. I actually grew up in in Taiwan. Yeah. And really? Well, you I, stuck I was, out like a I stuck out like now. a sore thumb. I went to school, 4,000 people, and I was the only like Caucasian-looking person there. So being looked at isn't a fun feeling. No. Yeah. There was one guy who kind of remained in Europe. Kian's froze left in January. Yeah, exactly. So he left before the Wales trip. Yeah. Yeah. He's done well in Germany, but... He's a, a smiling a folk, samurai. A lot of folk were like... Is that <laughs> smiling samurai. <laughs> I don't know how much he smiled, though, when he was here. No. I, I saw him Even once. when he was a residency, it wasn't much I think he smiled smile. when he was leaving. I saw him once. Uh, I was walking to BC Place for a match, and he was on the other side of the road, and he wasn't very smiley at that time. So... Like it's first hand account. You know, even even when he was like playing residency, he wasn't he was never a smiler. He was always like more business like and just wanted to get it done. You want serious players. You don't want happy people. No, no, no. Too many of those. Never trust a happy person. Mm -hmm. Like Anna's smiling. I just I don't trust that. (laughs) I'm mostly just laughing at you. I'm not just smiling generally. It's my face, isn't it? <laughs> well, Froze is doing well in, in Germany. Yeah. yeah, for sure. He's got three goals in seven games this season, and I think uh, seven goals in 27 and last And it's fourth tier, we should point out. Yeah, it's Fortuna Dusseldorf yeah. B team, I, I believe. But I mean, it's all, it is all their reserve team. So although it's fourth tier, it's a high level. And in Germany, you can go up... Um, you can you you don't. It's called promotion. Well, you, <laughs> the clubs actually those second clubs are not allowed to get promoted. Past no, their but the other teams that like Stefan Marinovic's team got yeah, promoted. But um, they they uh they can call up players from their second team. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I know and he, he's, tra- he's trained with the first team and stuff. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. it was a good move for him. We wish him well. We hope he's happy. He just wasn't happy here. He wanted yeah. more more playing time. It did lead to folks saying, "Oh, why are no residency players getting their chances?" But. You get what you deserve, I think. I don't think he earned his No, no you get, you, he got his chance. He, Didn't he, take he it. wasn't able to keep it. And then he wanted to move on to Europe, which is what a residency should be doing as and well. And was a Getting, disruptive as well. A little bit here and there. Yeah. He was an impact yeah. sub for like half a season, but didn't yeah. really make an impact at all. Yeah. 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 Then, of course, we got everyone's favourite news in the preseason. It was a new Whitecaps jersey. It's raining men, everybody. It's raining kits. What's oh, it's raining kits, yeah. <laughs> There's rain on the kit. Yeah, and I, Anna, you were a massive fan. Optimus Union, you love everything about the Whitecaps, don't you? Uh, I wouldn't go that far. I was a little disappointed because I thought that the kind of preliminary designs that we saw that had the triangles moving across were kind of just a joke as a preamble. <laughs> so it was a little bit of a dis- disappointment when they unveiled it at the event uh, and it was actually the kit. But, I mean, I don't hate it as much as everyone else seems to hate it. And outside of Vancouver, I think it's been really well received. Whatever that means, other people really seem to like it. So what can you do? I really, really don't like it. I was at Me the, I was at the, the Don Garber meet and greet thing where they presented it and I was left, like my mouth was agape. I was happier with what what King Don was saying than with the jersey. <laughs> like it was, it was like, Okay, rain, sure, Vancouver, Raincouver, very funny. Um, but like for someone outside of Vancouver, I didn't know it was very well received outside of Vancouver, but they yes, don't they won't someone get had it. it in the top ten. It, it was of the it year. was somebody in the Guardian. 
And I think they were just trolling Whitecaps fans. <laughs> Liberal elite. They just like the fact that Peter Beardsley used to play. Anyway, but I, I don't. I really hope they move away from that next season and move as far away as possible. I don't. I maybe it just didn't hit, strike a strike a chord with me, but that's that's my two cents on it. I think unfortunately it's modern day marketing, and they have to make a story out of every shirt, and something has to have meaning. All of them have had meaning. See the sky, yeah. rain kit. So they're gonna try the to tree one interlace Arbutus Brown, yeah. which was awful. That's um, the other thing. Why th- there was we, there was a fashion show for that one, so that was kind of fun but when it did why, come out. Why do the Whitecaps play their away jersey at home so much? To sell. Remember, remember the brown jersey. They played the brown jersey almost every game that season when they had that brown jersey. I it's a home jersey. Play it at home. It's your away jersey. You can't play dirt brown away or like shit brown or whatever you want to call it. Like it's. Uh, it does my head in. It really does. I think the Optimist Union take is that one day this team will have a hoop and everyone will just mm. forget everything else that ever happened. I don't think an actual jersey has ever been better than a fan mock-up that comes out the day after the jersey is released. As I tweeted out this week, you can't spell whoa, awesome strip without the word hoop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that a countdown theme? Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to have some anagrams next month up on the site. We actually are. We're going to have a month of puzzles for Christmas. Lovely. Hmm. I was going to bring it out as a book that you could download, but I thought, oh, we'll do a daily compendium of puzzles. So I've got some anagrams kicking it off at the end of this week. But, uh, yeah, I hated the kit. I loved the brown Arbutus kit. The the kit that the Joe is wearing, which we'll, we'll take photos of everyone's tops. But I hate that kit. Do you? Yeah. Huh. I haven't liked any of the home kits. None of the none of the white none of the white ones. I, I, I didn't no. mind the I didn't mind one of them. I can't remember which the one. Early, it, it the looks earliest like one with the stripes. The, the ones that they just had the lines running down. The thin on the stripes. Seams. Yeah, I didn't like that. It made me look fat. <laughs> it was the strip. <laughs> it was definitely. It was definitely the strip. But like, I think. Uh, but sim- I agree with you. The blue ones are have been the better ones. When it comes long. to jerseys, simple is definitely better. Like you know, I'd I'd be happy with the plain white and then the bell. I actually think the bell looks good on the jersey. It's mm-hmm. one of those sponsors that look okay, not like a Chevrolet from Man United. We should. Like, I don't understand why out. we don't have Volkswagen, VW, Vancouver Whitecaps. Yeah. It makes sense. Get on it. That makes too much sense. Just like Van City Bank, if they yeah. were our sponsor, that would be nice too. Yeah. yeah, you can't have sponsors that make sense. You have sponsors that pay you lots of money. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to pitch McVitie's biscuits. <laughs> just <laughs> get that out there. Or if they want to sponsor us, we we will plug their digestives to hell. Maybe a bus company like Translink because we parked the bus so much. Or oh, that, like that. that yeah. ideal yeah. Greyhound. Yeah, U-Haul or <laughs> something. But February brought. Maybe the biggest sign of the year, you could argue it was Reina, but Freddie fucking Montero. (laughs) Pleased to say I've ordered the t-shirts. They will be coming in in time for Christmas. Hope to sell 5,000 of them next year when he's on on the pitch. With the Chinese club. They arrived too late, didn't they? The Chinese club. No, I can just put some tape over the Freddie and Montero bit. Yeah, no, I agree with you. The attacking, you can argue whether it's Jordi Reyna or Freddy Montero, who's also known as the rough specialist. Um, I, I, either one would be a good choice to say who made the biggest difference in the attack. And we want to stress the rough specialist. This is Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang name. I, do think I, don't, should, I don't know if you have to say that every I time. I don't know. I think, okay. I think you do in some cases. I'll bring it up. Ruff also spelled R-U-F-F instead of I mean, as R-O-U-F. long as we are not calling him... Well, I guess I, we are sort of calling him the Loney still. No, not anymore. He's not loaned anymore. The ex-Loney. Yeah. And actually, I want to put this matter to bed. The Chinese club are called Tianjin. 
that's the that's the name of oh look at you i <laughs> i grew up in taiwan <laughs> that's well we've been saying the chinese club for weeks and weeks so i see so i only I, say because I, like I don't want to yeah. pronounce even it even reina's <laughs> or even montero himself refers to it as i have to talk to the chinese club yeah bobby did too yeah yeah, yeah. That, that is a new name. Do we know Hashtag who, Chinese club. Do we know who the other uh, three allowed foreign players they have are? Because one was yeah. somebody that they had on loan that they actually decided to purchase their their like bring them in buy them. Yeah. And then they had a couple other guys. Um, um, one guy was a former Chelsea player. I can't remember his name. Uh, Mikel. Oh yeah, John Obi Mikel. Yeah, he was he was on there. I'm not sure if he's still on there next year, but th- so they have this influx of what they're going to bring because. Okay. There, there, there were. I think they were close to relegation. So they honestly, I think they really want to bring in a top player. Mm-hmm. Is Freddie going to be that guy, or are they, are they going to look for somebody overseas for another striker to bring in? Yeah, yeah Freddie's not coming back. So if anyone wants a T-shirt, they're going cheap. You haven't even brought them in yet. Well, they haven't arrived yet. I ordered, yeah. I ordered them from a Chinese club. Oh, okay. <laughs> but Reina Montero, they were the two big signings. Unfortunately, then, one didn't make yeah. it to out of the preseason. Then we went down to Portland, <laughs> which I was going to go down, but the forecast for Portland was rain the whole week, and I thought, I've had enough of that in Wales. <laughs> I've had enough of that with a kit. I want to get away from rain for a while. I think they'll probably actually go back to Portland this coming preseason as well, once they get back from Hawaii, if, if the dates allow. So hopefully we'll head down to that. But yeah, Reina, last preseason game, the injury, the thing that everyone was dreading. He showed some fancy skill. Liam Ridgewell, the big hacker that he is, like he just could not handle a player off the skill of Jordi Arena. I Liam Ridgewell, I've never been a big fan of him. He played for Wigan before as well in the Premier League. I remember he was a hack specialist. Wiped his arse with lots of money. That's his famous photo. If you if you Google Liam Ridgewell wiping his arse, which Anna's just away to do just now, <laughs> you will see him sitting in a toilet with a big wad of money just to show he had so much money that he used it to wipe his arse. Why, why do so many footballers do that? I know Niall Ranger did something like that as well, but he's a notorious kind of a head case. Um, yeah, yeah, like su- such sad, sad thing for Reyna to get injured like that. We were so excited to see him and we didn't really have a replacement for him. It no, not, 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 to his, not to what they were expecting from him, for sure. Yeah. Um, obviously... Anna's now found a photo. <laughs> she can't speak. <laughs> I always knew I didn't like him, and now I have a valid reason to not like him. <laughs> I have that photo saved on my computer just in case we need it for some point down the line. AFT and Instagram. We'll, probably, we'll probably end up signing him now, and I'll be like, ah. Uh. The next article I write, can that be the, the cover? Uh, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, um, obviously, uh, uh, WFC2 was still going on. It's not anymore. But they, did, had the, they needed a coach because Alan Koch had left. Rich Fagan was named. Former U18, he brought in and just to go over his season, he basically was given a lot of young players. Basically, his seems like his U18 team joined him when the, when they put him. There weren't very many veterans. There was a veteran here and there, but overall, I thought he did well for what he had. Um, it's just too bad he wasn't given more of a chance to have more veterans on the team to kind of bleed in the young guys. Yeah, it's he he had a tough job ahead of him. He said it was going to be a tough task. He had them really motivated to start with, but. He's gone back to the U19s now, and I do believe he's going to be the liaison guy between Fresno and the Caps. So, wish Rich all the best. He's a, a guy we've known for a number of years. Just hope he does really well. It was a huge, huge ask to come in and pl- replace Alan Kosh after what, what he did. Um, I will stand stand by the 
the thing, the fact that uh, Alan Koch's best decision as Whitecaps two manager was rejecting me during the Whitecaps two open trial. Um, a very good decision. Oh, I forgot you went to that. Yeah, it was a different time. <laughs> you should go to the TSS Rovers one. They take anyone. I I was almost talked into being on the bench for. I had a very good uh, scoring streak in the summer. Yes, I know, and the the Richmond Summer League. Yeah, and uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, I'm pretty sure it was just banter. Um, in the end, the last game of the season, the TSS Rovers had two players on the bench, and none they didn't feature. Neither of them featured. So, I thought I was in with a chance, but then they actually saw me playing on the pitch in Victoria. Ah. Target man, Michael? Yeah. I missed a penalty with an open net. Oh, good. <laughs> good to know. Yeah, I was going for the top corner trying to impress mm. and I just shanked it completely. You were invited to the Whitecaps media game, yes? I I was. My, my team were champions. Okay. I, the first d- year. I didn't know. This year they, they were champions. Oh. I, I didn't go and play. Okay. Because I didn't play, they had to bring a striker from another team because I was down as a striker. Okay. And he scored all their goals and oh. they won the championship. So technically, I, I won the championship for them. Was it Freddie Montero that they brought in? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, the couple of players that did get brought in this year, Breck Shea. Otherwise known as Gentleman Commander. Oh, I like that. I think he'll like that as well. He's a southern gentleman. He's an artist as well, kind of. Hmm. Mauro Rosales. Vis- visual dreamer. Didn't see a lot of time on the pitch, but I think he was... Freddie Montero's wingman. Yeah, basically, his agent. 52 minutes played this season for Mauro Rosales. But I think he plays the the invisible role. Can we not yeah. agree on that? Yeah. He does yeah. so much more than his experience, playing time on the field. Experience in a young team. So yeah. he's actually on the pitch the whole time, but they can't find him because he's invisible? <laughs> he does like to hug the byline a lot, and we play yeah. kind of a narrow game. Lovely hair. Oh, good. I'm always a yeah. fan of his hair. If we did need a head and shoulders correspondent, yeah. it would be... It's luscious. Like, whenever I talk to him, I just want to run, run my fingers through his hair. <laughs> Maybe I'm just strange, I don't know. A charming, charming-looking man, too. Like yeah. He looks like that most interesting guy in the world meme. Um, well, I always like hair. talking to him. Final bit we'll just talk about in this segment. We got our first competitive match in February. Champions League first leg in New York. We did a live Mixler broadcast. We had pizza. Anna thought she'd missed out on a pizza party earlier in the week when I was talking about that. Steve, you ate eight slices of pizza. It wasn't eight. It was less than that. But it was way more than I should have. (laughs) Definitely less than eight. You just kept going into the kitchen and coming back with pizza. There there was thin crust too. It was very small pieces. I was part of that that mixler thing. I was was, uh, in the comments. Oh, yes. We should should do that again. I spent 99 bucks and getting it for the year and we used it twice. Yeah. Value for money, but it, yep, the White Caps drew that. Manny scored in the 39th minute. Kakuta Manny, other ways known from Wu Tang as Annoying Bastard, which is kind of <laughs> you know Eric Hurtado's got bastard's last name. And oh, and they're they're, they're brothers. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. they're bros. Yeah, yeah. Uh, BWP. Yeah, Bradley tied it up in the 61st minute, but one-one draw, away goal. We were all happy with that, and yeah. what a season in store we thought was was going to be for the White Caps. Yeah, everything looked rosy, a good road performance, away goal. Yeah, looked good for the home leg, I think. I, I don't remember, I think, I remember in the preseason that Davies had a had a cracking preseason. Um, and then he played in both Champions League games. He played in the second one as well. Yeah. And I remember in the first game being, I think he came on as a sub or something, and he, he looked very good. And one of the games in Wales, there were scouts there from Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea, and I think it was Juventus. It was Andy O'Brien was there. Andy O'Brien yeah. was there for yeah. Liverpool, yeah. But anyway, that is it for us talking about January and February. Flash five. Rank it, baby. 
So that was Flash 5 intro. Um, uh, this week, we are counting down uh, top five goals from 2011, the first okay. season. So I don't, hopefully you guys can remember these goals. Um, I'm going to pretend I do anyway. I just moved to Canada, so we'll see. Well, we're going to need Michael back in here then. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he, I think he thinks, still thinks we're talking about the Canadian women's and national team or something <laughs> like that. Water, yes. Um, uh, so, num- uh, c- give a couple honorable mentions. Um, first of all, um, David Camiento, uh, his free kick against TFC in TFC uh, in the Voyagers Cup. It was a it was their best free kick of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, just like basically. If you look at, if you watch it, it kind of reminds you of what Giovinco is doing this year. Okay, um, he didn't do it as consistently as him, but he definitely had his moments. Um, another honorable mention, and it wasn't a great goal, but it was my first game. I did, I missed the opener because I was in a wedding in Houston, um, but I, I came back for the sporting game. Uh, where they were down 3-0, and then they came back and tied it up 3-3. So I'm going to give honorable mention to that third goal because mm-hmm. you just have, uh, I think it was Nizer Kalfen crossed it in, and Camilo just, you know, just headed it right top corner or just in the top part. Jimmy uh, Jimmy Nielsen, I think it was, uh, couldn't get it. And you just saw him because I was, like, on that side of the, of the, of the pitch, and he just, like, sunk into the net and just sat in the, basically into in, in the netting area. So it was pretty good. Uh, but we're going to start with number five, another one that's kind of uh, more personal than maybe the best, Nizer Kalfan, um against RSL. It was basically the game where everybody, there was a long losing streak and everybody was going, play the young guys, just play the young guys, play the young guys. I think Colin Miller actually picked the starting 11 or mm-hmm. people talked about that and uh, Calvin was part of it. He scored a fantastic goal. If you watch the highlights, you'll see me in the uh, in the Southsider section screaming and everything like that. Which is the real highlight. Yeah, I guess so. For me especially because I got to show the kids. Um, number four, Eric Hasley versus TFC. That's the opening game. Uh, the first ever goal. Ah, uh, yes. uh, just a great – it was a, a crossing. I think it was Dunfield or Cumiento. But one of them to cross in. I can't mm-hmm. remember. But it was a great – it was more of a nostalgic one because it was yeah. the first goal ever. Then we get to the three, and these three are probably going to be contenders, uh, definitely contenders for top five all time when we do that later on. Number three, Alain Rochat versus the Philadelphia Union. It was a goal where Cumiento was coming down the right side, got it to um, Hasley, who got it back to Cumiento, uh, kind of crossed, uh, passed it across the deck to Rochat. Rochat took the shot with his, um, I think it was his right foot actually. It wasn't even his left foot, mm. or it could have been his left foot, but it curved in, and just, you could see the curl because you were right behind Rochat okay. on the camera feed, and it just went inside the post. Number two, we talked about Camilo a couple times. His goal against the Red Bulls. Um, this time it was, I think it was Camilo who was coming down. He got down to the by the you know the byline, the end mm-hmm. line, um, put it back, and Camilo just basically. Uh, had a touch, spun around, and shot it. Like, it was a great one, two, three shot. Mm-hmm. Number one, obviously, though, Eric Hasley against Seattle. That's the one that went viral. Absolutely. Um, I think Puskas it, Award nominee. Yeah. I think it was, it was uh, Alonzo um, who scored the tying goal just before that. Mm-hmm. I was watching at home. I punched out a wall. <laughs> um it was when I was a little bit more into the games. <laughs> I don't do that in the media box at all anymore. Um, <laughs> Not uh, too often. No, but the uh, but uh, but but minutes seconds later, almost like uh, felt like a seconds later, he mm-hmm. got the. Then they they were still had the graphic on, so they kind of covered up the goal too, and he just got the ball. I think it was a steal off Alonso. Um, 
kind of lifted it uh, like yeah it was a, it was a mis miscontrolled touch yeah actually. he he well he might have been trying to lift it over the the tackle of exactly of the defender That's, but to shoot from there there like, and then to get it in the top corner yeah. Casey Keller was yeah. in that and he was cha- tracking the ball and then was on his knees by the time it clipped the post and, and went in and my favorite thing about that goal is the Seattle supporters yes, in the back right who, behind them and they yeah. and some of them were like oh, heads on the hand some of them just kept singing like this yeah. is not going to bother me that's the goal I show my friends and family back home when yeah. I try and explain the team that I now support yeah. when they laugh at me for supporting an MLS team. Yeah. But it's what a fantastic goal. It was, it went viral. It was like, yeah. quite, and it, it got, should it have won goal of the year. Like uh, it was up for the ESPYs. Yeah. And then all, I was but, actually in the stands for that one. Yeah. I and went up into the support site. And then, and then Abby Wambach apparently had scored a header. During the World <laughs> Cup, a header, just a header, not nothing special. It, just, it was the game, winning goal, but it was just a header, and that won the, I think, goal of the year. Yeah, but very well deserved. And we'll be back with more chat after this. Hi, I'm Carl Robinson. Uh, you're listening to the AFTN podcast. Now, just before the break, there we looked at January and February, kicking off our Whitecaps end of year review. We thought about doing March as well, but we have so overrun in this episode. It's probably the countdown. I think that's maybe been what's done it. So we'll save March for next week. We'll do March and April next week. Maybe throw in May as well, mm-hmm. if we've got, got time to do that. But now, it's time for everyone's favourite part of the show, at least mine. It's Wavelength. And before we play this Wavelength song, I'll, I'll just stress again that this song is not suitable for work. It does contain swearing and explicit lyrics. If you're delicately minded and you're likely to get offended by some stuff, then... Go make a cup of tea, have a chocolate digestive, come back in about three, three and a half minutes. I give it four. Yeah, give it give it four minutes just to be on the safe side. I think we should clip that and put it in every week because I'm seeing a trend with these wavelengths. Well, December is going to feature <laughs> a lot of swearing because December is Football Violence Month mm-hmm. on AFTN, so we'll, we'll just have songs for that. Football Violence Awareness. Awareness, yes. <laughs> we <laughs> do not condone or, condone or condemn. We will not go into that. It's just that we're making folk aware of it. But anyway, this week's wavelength, we're going back to Wales, we're going back to Newport. It's Goldie looking Chain, well known for their, their big worldwide hit Guns Don't Kill People Rappers Do and Your Mother's Got a Penis. And this is a song they brought out for the World Cup a couple of years back. And it's about the commentator Andy Townsend. If people know him, you'll have heard him doing a lot of games on Sportsnet World. He's also in FIFA doing games on that as well. Yeah. People in the UK don't like him as a commentator. Think of him as your grumpy uncle who isn't happy with with much and complains that footballers get paid too much and duck out of tackles. So this is Goldie Looking Chain and the Andy Townsend rap. Let me tell you a story and I think you'll agree. There's this bloke on my TV. I really, really want to give him a punch. And it's not Adrian Childs from working lunch. Andy Townsend is his name and every time he's on he ruins every fucking game. Give him the red card, send him off, maybe bring back Robbie Hill or even Frank Day. Hey, call him Andy Townsend, you could see him on the telly. Caught an outrage from Lance and back to Abigail. He never watched football, so I'm not judging this. But apparently his broadcast skills take the piss. He does the talking usually during the game. Even my type of talking puts his practice to shame. It might be crap, but I don't follow the trends. So come into my arms and let me cradle you, my friend. Pass, shoot, it's a goal. Andy Townsend should be on the door. Explain the situation. A problem that's affecting the entire nation. It's not national debt or nuclear threat. 
It's almost as bad and it's getting me upset The World Cup only comes round every four years And one man always leaves me in tears His name's Andy Townsend and it's such a shame I'm not even sure he's watching the same game In and around and he hit that too well What the fuck are you talking about you massive bell? Some of the shit that you hear him say You never believe that he used to play I'm right, sure Andy is an alright bloke But his commentary style is a fucking joke Andy Townsend, are you off your rocker? Even my nan knows more about soccer. Pass, shoot, it's a goal. Andy Townsend should be on the door. Pass, dribble, turn and shoot. When you hear Andy Townsend, everybody press mute. That's what I like about him, where he mixes game up, where he's running behind without the ball. He'll always offer himself in that way as well. Not everything's got to be into his feet. Doesn't always have to have the ball that way. Prepared to put his head down and turn the opponents round. Never does you any harm in any game, does it, to perform and to play well? And There's a certain amount of freestyling. Watching the game, it just kills me when they're just saying the names like Clive Tillsley. Thousands of ex-footballers with nothing to do. And ITV had to go and choose you. You're talking bollocks, mate, and it's showing. You nearly made me switch over to Michael Owen. I can't believe that it's got this way. I'd even bring back Richard Keys and Andy Gray. As comedy just go, he couldn't get much shitter. Turn off the sound and follow the game on Twitter. Get him off the Talking for the sake of it, his voice just irritates. Flashbacks of his highlights at the World Cup in the States. Like verbal diarrhea when his mic goes live. And Townsend, not for me, Clive. Well, the real Andy Townsend, please shut, shut up. up. Please shut up. Shut up. Please shut up. Can't take it no more. Please shut up. Oh, shut the cake Unpredictable. A bit of frustration showing here. Just keep reminding the manager what you're capable of. Be a little bit lighter and brighter on his feet, move the ball, pop it off and make an angle. Pass, shoot, it's a goal. Andy Townsend should be on the door. Pass, dribble, turn and shoot. When you hear Andy Townsend, everybody press mute. Foul, red cap, penalty kick. Most people think he's a massive dick. Pass, dribble, turn and shoot. When you hear Andy Townsend, everybody press mute. I'm not sure it's a nice block, like, you know, to back it down the pub or whatever. I don't even know if he's watching the same game as me. I think he's watching standards. We just talk shit all the time. He's doing my nothing. I can't handle a World Cup, right? Oh, fuck the World Cup with him. Talking shit. And Clive Tills is driving me nuts. That's better. Much better. Goldie Luke and Shane there. Wales Premier Rap Band. With the Andy Townsend Rap. Catchy. Everyone was bouncing along to it in the, the studio here. I liked it, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that's as good as it's going to get, Michael. Now I recognise his name because I recognise his voice. Yeah, because I do. I do play FIFA, obviously. Once. But anyway, now it's time for BC Soccer Web headlines. BC Soccer Web headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for news, links, and stories locally, nationally, and internationally. Make it a daily step in your things that you read on the internet yeah bcsoccerweb.com work procrastination I can no I, I totally agree with that because it's it's actually it, it, it actually makes it more efficient because you find everything you want mm-hmm. in one spot instead of searching for it any, anywhere else like googling it or whatever yeah I mean, google was so last century yeah <laughs> I'm a big fan of BC Soccer Web I've, I use it a lot uh, not at work I use it quite frequently to get my news when I am not yes. at work uh, like it is a, an excellent site we're Why very proud to partner with it. <laughs> um, okay so we'll, we'll get this get through this quickly hopefully there's a lot of headlines so um uh, a couple of quick notes, a couple of actually long articles that were pretty interesting. Monday uh, from Soccer America, why we overcoach, 
why we shouldn't and how not to. It was it's basically a referee who um, wrote this, and he was uh, refereeing a younger uh, league team, and he was talking to the coach and asking him, "Do you realize you were ye- yelling at the coach uh, players the whole time?" And he didn't even realize it, and he realized how much coaching was coming from the parents. So, really interesting read there. Uh, Wednesday, Deadspin came out with it, and I think this was to just catch eyes. America soccer needs to burn to the ground. A lot of people uh, might agree with this, uh, especially outside America. Sure, yeah, okay. Uh, uh, but I think this is more of a, like, they need to take responsibility. Burn it down. <laughs> I, I think this is a very, we knew this was going to happen the moment they missed the, the World Cup. All these think pieces are going to come out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, he was he was he wasn't really talking about missing the World Cup. He was talking about they're not taking responsibility for missing the World yeah. Cup. About some of the comments Th- that came. That out. is a genuine yeah. thing. That is a big issue. That the people who should fall on their sword have not fallen on their sword. Yeah. Uh, sorry about the youth soccer thing. Uh, I coach youth soccer in Richmond, and yeah. they p- get trying to separate the parents' influence on the field is a very big problem in yeah. youth soccer. It is. Yeah. BBC came out with a thing where they were looking at Premier League, does sacking a manager in October or November work? And they did uh, uh, the last 10, um, and 9 out of 10, actually, there was there was an improvement. So there always is an improvement. We've seen it here, too. When a new coach takes over, there's an immediate bump. The new manager bounce. Yeah, yeah. the new manager bounce. Um, I don't know how long, if you take it over two years, does it work? But that's I think that's why you see a lot of coaches... Uh, sacked early on in there's the season. A, there's a proven statistical benefit to uh, once once a trend starts. There's a proven statistical benefit to stacking your manager. I I think a lot of people think that these owners sit in a in a champagne's or in a champagne room room and like smoking a cigar and then be like, oh, I feel like stacking the manager today. No, these are stat statistics that go behind it. I've read some things that uh, owners have written, and there are models that they follow about these kind of things. Yeah. Um, okay, so some other quick hits. Uh, uh, the the uh, Michael had a strong opinions about this one earlier uh, in the week. Uh, player faces unsporting conduct <laughs> charges for shoving ball boy. Um, this was during the FFA Cup in Australia. Um, it was a ten year old kid who had the ball. He didn't react, I guess, fast enough for the player to give him the ball back. The ball player just came running at him. I. The ball boy looked like he was shielding himself because he saw a big man running at him, and uh, he just knocked him over, and, and it was bewildered. Even the sideline reporter goes, "the the ball the boy was completely in shock," and obviously Michael had strong opinions on that. He tweeted him out. He got what he deserved. Yeah, you're a ball boy. He you're there ma- to hand the ball back. Yeah, and he, he was going to, but this guy was coming very not very, quick. He turned away. Listen, you can say that, but the the coach apologized for the what happened. The player is feeling really bad. He were they said he felt bad more worse for that than actually losing the game. Um, well, I wouldn't want that player in my team. The um, important thing to know here is this was their cup final. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> big showpiece event, and this happened. Yeah. yeah. Well, the team lost. The ball boy got to, uh, they gave him a medal. One of the yeah. players gave him a medal. He also got to hold the trophy up after the game just to make him feel better. Maybe even uh, avoiding some legal entanglements by doing that. It happens every few years. I remember Eden Hazard a few years ago. Oh, in Swansea. Well, he did a kick. He kicked the ball boy. But well, that he, ball boy was actually doing yeah. it on purpose. And he deserved it as well. He, he was he, he was tweeted before the game that he was going to do it. Yeah, and so that he was... he did it. And then after the game, he was talking big on Twitter. This yeah. was different because it was a 10-year-old yeah, kid who yeah, wasn't really absolutely. doing anything. Yeah. Uh, one another one that might interest you, considering we're talking about football violence. Uh, Birmingham tops arrest list as leads in Manchester City again near top of data. Four arrests per hundred thousand people showing up to games. That's not a lot. It's it is when you figure out how many people are actually coming to these games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Birmingham leads uh, with seventy two. 
Uh, West Ham in second place with 67. But they had those Come crowd arrests. Irons. They had those big crowd, crowd arrests last year from yeah. when... Uh, they didn't oh, West, so that, West Ham yeah. Chelsea. Yeah, so that obviously... Off, yeah. And it was West Ham fans fighting West Ham fans yeah. In, yeah. when they were losing. And uh, Birmingham are close to the bottom. That'll happen with the White Cups yeah. at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, Leeds you, you is it, yeah. Leeds is uh, has sixty one Villa with fifty two Man City with forty eight Man City that's a surprising one yeah I don't know um, study uh, another one study to look at the long term health of playing uh, soccer is going to be held in Scotland so I don't know how legit this study is going to be <laughs> um, but they're looking into links between heading and dementia over the next two three years and they have some uh, volunteers already like the families have volunteered the players. Uh, yeah. uh, Remains. I'm a big fan of this um, study. All these studies that are going yeah. on. Well, but we talked about Alan Shearer's yeah, documentary yeah. The, uh, last week. The yeah, immediate. Which I haven't watched yet. I have that downloaded. So. Mm. The the immediate uh, res- like preliminary results seem to say that it's not headering the ball that actually causes the injury. It's all the impacts and head on head collisions and knee on head. Those are what are actually dangerous, and that heading itself isn't the thing that's that they're scared of. Yeah. Uh, Portuguese referees threaten to go on strike over complaints. They may strike next month if they're not. Res- they feel they're not respected enough, and they're stop they be- being implicated by the media and by team officials as being uh, corrupted, being mm-hmm. like uh, on the take or whatever. So they're kind of upset over that. Um, World Cup international news: um, Australia coach quits despite guiding the team to the World Cup. That was interesting. Yeah. Um, obviously, he might have something else in the works. That's why he wants to do that. Uh, but, uh, Peru is also, they're kind of calm over potential risk of a World Cup expulsion. How come? It, it's, it's, it's kind of, um, it was from ESPN FC. They're basically uh, Peru uh, in, institutional, uh, like they, they want, they want, the government wants to take institution, control over the team away from the, the actual FFA. FFA. Yeah. Okay. And that's why, the, you know, whenever that happens, the, yeah. they, the, the FIFA doesn't want government yeah, control any, over Any government involvement in your team is... Yeah. Uh, and your team is like disqualified, basically. Exactly, and, and so the, the, there, there is some people saying that they might get kicked out, but okay. I don't think that would happen this close to the no, World Cup. If I it was two, three years ago, this happened, then maybe this might maybe a come. ban, but after the World Cup, I yeah. Think. Um, in Germany, there was a couple of uh, there was one major thing it included China and Tibet. Um, there was a Chinese under twenty team that came. Um, to play some friendlies. There's an uneven teams in one of the German leagues. Mm-hmm. So they, they invite international teams to come and play friendlies against the team that's not playing that week. Okay. Um, so they brought them over, and there were a lot of protesters that hung Tibetan flags. Oh. The Chinese team felt like that was uh, uh, an insult to them. Yeah. Uh, they were blaming the German officials. Germany saying that people have the rights to protest if they want to. Yeah. They walked off, and then some of the uh, German supporters actually asked them, t- the Tibetans, uh, protesters, to take down the flags, and they did, and the game pr- continued. But then they just called off all the things God. because the, they weren't going to uh, capitulate to what China wanted yeah. and saying that they, they uh, um, you know, to take everything down and uh, ban those people from coming. I, I saw that. I should have worn my Tibet strip tonight, actually. Yeah. Well, you went to the concert yesterday, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, CPL News. Uh, and it's actually local. Uh, City of Surrey, one step closer to New Outdoor Stadium. Three possible locations for the proposed sports sports stadium. So uh, essentially, in Surrey, they're talking about three locations. One is very much uh, at the uh, right near the bridge uh, where the Scott Road Station is. Um, that's one option. There's also the Cloverdale uh, Fairgrounds, which is really far out. Mm-hmm. No SkyTrain there. And then the city center which is in the, I think, the Wally area. They, that's what they claim city center is. So, and that's near SkyTrain too. 
and kind of uh, got two bridges connected to them. So um, it's it's interesting to see which one they choose. I personally think, and I've talked to Michael before about this, that the there is land near that water, uh, near Scott Road Station, where they can have it. There won't be as much parking there, but there definitely is more access for SkyTrain people to come in. I'm, uh, for very biased reasons, I'm Team Cloverdale because I work close to there. Okay, um, well, that's so, obvious. You know, after work... Go over to the Canadian Premier League game yeah. and then head home. Yeah. It, it, well, also the thing is, it's it's a balancing act. Do you want to worry about like bringing people in f- via transit? Yeah. Or do you? Because the thing is, people who come from like say, if you want to attract people from Abbotsford, Fraser yeah. Valley, Langley, those people are if they need parking then. And if you don't have enough parking, yeah. then you're not going to be able to get attract them. Uh, honestly, from a more serious point of view, the Scott Road one, the the one close to there, would be better to get people from both Vancouver and from from uh, the lower mainland. Yeah, it has to be beside a SkyTrain. If they yeah. don't do it beside a SkyTrain... I mean, Cloverdale's... It makes sense because it's big. Yeah. But it, you have to have it beside a SkyTrain. It's not going to work otherwise. Even for driving, it's 45 minutes from, from Vancouver, at least, with with traffic and all that. It, yeah, the SkyTrain definitely. Because, you know, you go to a game, you want to have a couple of beers or so, whatever. You don't want to be having to drive after or anything like that so SkyTrain would definitely be preferable I would think so a couple of quick MLS uh, stories um, FC Cincinnati Stadium receives a boost with the Hamilton County Commission support basically the, it's a it's a suburb of Cincinnati and they want to put the stadium there they're getting support from them so uh, essentially that looks good um, uh, the former New Zealand coach who resigned but is reported to be a target for the Colorado Rapids um, is uh, int- uh, th- there's a kind of a tie in there, so there might be something there to that. And then obviously the Columbus news still, AP article, uh, MLS could be the big loser if Columbus moves to Austin, basically saying that it's going to become like a North American league instead of uh, what supporters want it to be. Because obviously in other North American leagues, there's a lot of movement, uh, not not as much bef- as before, but there there was always movement in other leagues. The, the, there is a proposal for a Columbus Crew Stadium, uh, but it it's not get it's getting um, because there's going to be taxes involved. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not getting that much support from some councillors. Yeah, and so it's 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 looking very complicated at this point for them. Yeah, they it doesn't look good for Columbus right now, and uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Austin Austin FC or whatever are going to get received by by fans for other clubs as well when they come to play. You know. You feel bad blaming the the new fans for whatever the owners are doing. It's like a kind of complicated thing that we've seen with Wimbledon and MK Dons and all that kind of stuff. But there will be scars after this, and every other club in the in the league won't be sitting easy. All the fans won't be sitting easy after something like that. No, and I don't think this is going to be a San Jose situation where San Jose moved and then San Jose kept all the um, the history kind of thing, yeah. and then a new team came into San Jose. Yeah. I don't think I think this guy's gonna. I think he's gonna take everything with him. And they're gonna own the image rights and things like that. Yeah, I, I don't think he's gonna yeah. play nice with anybody at no, this point. No. Um, and then finally, we're gonna come to some FIFA corruption, um, soccer Yay. corruption. Um, uh, uh, one is a uh, Russian doping suspicions linger as FIFA confirms investigation still open. It's about the whole Russian. There's a documentary actually on yeah. Net, I think it was on Netflix about how uh, it was a, actually made by a Canadian too who kind of exposed how government was involved in the whole Russian doping mm-hmm. thing. Um, no players uh, at the Confederations Cup for Russia were tested positive. 
But they, they, the case is still not closed, and they're still going to be doing checking into that. Russia have done so badly at all these tournaments. Does it really? They're work? ranked sixty fifth right now at this point in the world. Yeah, in the world. But like, think of Euro two thousand and sixteen, and yeah. then uh, like all the tournaments before that. I can't think of them making an impact. Two thousand and eight was the last time I can think of them winning a big game at a tournament when they beat the Netherlands in the last sixteen of the Euros. So I, I wouldn't be like obviously for like the the athletics and things like that it's a bigger deal because they are quite successful in those fields so they're they're more bothering the international picture but for football like you would hope there would be some kind of testing at the world cup next year because you wouldn't want it to be a complete gong show right yeah um in thailand there were 12 people arrested in a stalking in a soccer fit match fixing investigation um, a few players, I think, uh, they were basically paid $6,100. <laughs> I don't know if it was American or Canadian. And I'm not sure if that was 6100 between the three of them or it was uh, $6,100 for each of them. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure which one it was, but it wasn't very much money. Um, uh, but the, the good thing is the players didn't get – they're going to go to trial. The people involved in the match fixing, the officials and everything, they're up for more. They're going to be up on a more a harsher uh, penalty mm-hmm. than the player. So hopefully that goes. Uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll keep you updated on that. Now the trial obviously is still happening in. I think it's happening in Brooklyn or New York or somewhere in there. Um, a couple articles here. Uh, it, uh, this is actually a good summary. It was in the AP. Uh, World Cup bribes, death threats, and corrupt world of FIFA. Basically breaking down everything that happened so far. But what happened this year, uh, this, this week, sorry, um, the trial, uh, a Qatari official saying there's no evidence against Qatar. Um, there was a commission done uh, a couple years ago about the votes and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you had the person who did the commission actually resign. Yeah. Uh, they didn't release all the stuff yeah. fully and everything. So it's and, But they're still, he's still saying that he's been absolved of that. So the people... Saying that the people were bought up, votes were bought, it's not a big issue. Well, the guy who did that resigned in protest because they weren't actually releasing everyone everything. what he had found. Yeah. So obviously he found something. And right? he found something. And the thing is, it's funny, uh, the only people that were uh, blamed for trying to buy votes were England and Australia, and there was one other country. And those countries didn't win, uh, didn't win anything. England England were found out because they did such a bad job bribing. Oh, buying, bribing, they, yeah. They, they gave things to the wives of people. Yeah. And then the I think the wives posted on social media that, oh, I got this great watch from my husband. And then the other wives were like, Oh, I got that watch too, and then that's how. Yeah. Like, the no, press but got but the, the, that's the thing. Like they they did such a bad job, and they're the only ones that got caught. Can yeah. you imagine? The, obviously, these other countries were doing a better job. The FIFA has banned three of the soccer officials for taking bribes um, because they admitted to taking bribes. And then we talked about the suicide that happened last week. Mm. Um, this week there was uh, another television official who was shot in Mexico City. He was riding his bike with other with bodyguards. And he was shot. So it's very interesting to see that all these people being implicated mm-hmm. and, and either committing suicide or getting killed and whether this was an actual mugging or it was a hit. So yeah. it's, it's, I think this is, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. A lot of this stuff is going to happen. I'm looking forward to the movie in 10 years about all this stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it should be a lot. It's got to be a documentary at least somewhere. Mm-hmm. But that is it for BC Soccer Web headlines this week. So check out bcsoccerweb.com every day for all your local, national and international news and links. So just before we do go for this week, just let everyone know where they can find you online. I'm at Anna Namsharan on Twitter. I'm at cheesy underscore deezy. My name is Steve Pander. You can find me at Beat. And just to let you know, Countdown, Wu-Tang's name is Annoying Warrior. And I agree. 
it's certainly annoying. <laughs> it's a great game. It's a lot of fun to be I, fair. It I, is fun. It is I've fun, always wanted to be on the I show, d- as I, I said the last time I played it, and this is my chance to be on it. I don't think the people at home understand the pressure that we have here oh, in it's, the it's way different. If I'm watching yeah. this on TV, I could probably do way better than what I'm doing right now. I, anyway, I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada, on Instagram at AFTN Soccer. Read our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. And we'll be back next week at 11 o'clock. Thank you for listening to our nonsense. How much of this makes it in the podcast? Who knows? But we'll see you next week. And until then, thanks for listening. Take care. And mon the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Ten minutes left. Yeah,